Good morning. Please join me in our responsive reading uh, called Calling. And if you would, let us stand if you are able uh, for this responsive reading, and then we will remain standing for our fellowship hymn afterwards. God, it's a tall order you set before us to be light to the world. Do you really think we're up to it? And the world as our place of service. God, our candles are already burning on both ends. Sometimes your holy calling is an idea that is too big for us to get our hearts around. Thanks to you and for the daily challenge and blessing of giving back a portion of what you give to us. Experience your mercy and blessing. Mourning the suffering of the broken world. Celebrating the promise of a liberating gospel. Moving into the frozen places of the world with warmth and into the parched places with water. Amen.
be seated. Good morning. Welcome to everyone. Um, how many of you have heard over the past week, especially, and really over the past year, uh, a lot of the talk about the rapture that was supposed to take place yesterday? Did you hear about this? Boy, I'm glad to see you here this morning. <laughs> Welcome. That's the good news. We're all here today, but I, I look around and I do see some folks missing. No comment on that, but I'm glad to see you here this morning. So that's the good news. The bad news, I didn't prepare a sermon today because I didn't think I was going to be here. <laughs> teasing, teasing. <laughs> glad you're here today. Welcome, welcome. Uh, welcome to our guests, especially. Uh, you're very important to us. And we want to invite you to go drop by our hospitality uh, table after the worship service. And uh, we've got a gift for you if you're a first-time guest today. And um, we're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of us this morning. Uh, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, let me re remind everyone of our attendance sheets on, on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us uh, this morning. Uh, also, we've got a number of things that are coming up. Uh, Vacation Bible School is two weeks from tomorrow, and uh, that is coming up. And um, it's going to be a wonderful time. Again, this year we are collaborating with... Uh, First Christian Church, St. Paul Episcopal, and the Presbyterian Church. Uh, this year we will be holding Vacation Bible School right here in our facility, so we have a little extra responsibility for that. Um, but uh, we, we could use your help, and so if you could help in any way, I'm sure that Mary could uh, put you to work. And there will be a meeting right after the service today, a lunch and a meeting uh, after the service today, uh, if you're interested in being a part of the Vacation Bible School and helping out there. We have the blood drive coming up on June the 1st, and uh, Jika would be glad to take a reservation for your blood, uh, for, for the blood drive on that day. Um, you don't have to have a, a red, uh, reservation, but it'd be good to, to do that. It's easier to kind of fit in that way, uh, but we would appreciate you um, being a part of that. Also, we are again uh, taking uh, part in Marsha's Place Baby Bottle Boomerang. Some of you have picked up your baby bottles uh, to support this ministry in town. Uh, if you have not, there are some at the hospitality table. Uh, Adele is holding up a bag full of them now. And you can take that home with you and put your, put your spare change in there. And, um, and we'll bring that back. Do we know when we're supposed to bring that back? Anybody? Father's Day. Bring it back on Father's Day. I think it runs between Mother's Day and Father's Day. So uh, so bring that back on Father's Day. Um, and also, yesterday was a big day. We had a lot of stuff going on yesterday in and around and through our church. Um, yesterday, our youth and children had a rummage sale and a pork loin dinner sale here at the church. Very successful. Um, I think between the two of those, uh, for our, our children's and, and, and youth ministry, we netted $742.56. So that was wonderful. And while they were hard at work here taking care of that, there was another group that were out serving in our, in our community doing mud outs. Uh, you know that, uh, 
some of our our uh, some of our neighbors in the in neighboring communities were uh, covered over with mud from the flood, and and so we were helping some of them uh, clean out their houses yesterday and pulling stuff out, ruined furniture, and taking mud out of their house and and uh, all of this kind of stuff. And so I want to offer a word of thanks to uh, everybody who was hard at work yesterday. And by the way, we're going to be back at work doing mud outs on Thursday. So any volunteers that would like to uh, to come and help on Thursday, please let me know, and we could certainly use your help. There's a lot of work to be done out there. Uh, the people that we were helping yesterday, uh, uh, we, we helped two families yesterday, and uh, everyone in both families were disabled in some way. Uh, they had some, handy, uh, some, some disabilities, some medical uh, issues that they could not do this by themselves. And they would not be able to do that if, that were, if it were not for us. So we're doing a good thing here, folks. Um, so we're, I appreciate your, your service uh, to this community and to God. Uh, there are a number of meetings today, and I hope that you'll look in your worship folder and be in, in the place that you need to be today. Uh, one particular, we are having our Upwards meeting today at 5 o'clock, and so if you're interested in being a part of our Upwards ministry, please show up and be here for that. Uh, we're, this is kind of our organizational meeting, and we, it's a very important meeting, so we need to kind of get started on that because that will be here before you know it, too. Um, so if you would be a part of our Upwards Basketball and Cheerleading Ministry, please uh, be here at 5 o'clock today. It's great to have you here today. Uh, let us stand and extend your hand to the people around you and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Okay, children, come on up to the front and we'll have our children's moment. Come on, children.
Gracie, how are you doing? Wow, it's summertime, summertime. That's what happens in summertime. Gracie, come here. Now, don't leave me up here by myself. Come here. Come here. Well, I know the youth are just uh, so excited about doing the rummage sale, and they've decided to have one every week, right, youth? Oh, okay. No, they're not listening. All right. Well, um, Gracie and Heather and congregation, Dr. Tim's going to talk about choices today, and we're going to talk about following the rules. Gracie, do you have to follow Mama and Dad's rules? You do? Okay. How about you, Heather? Okay. All right. Anybody want to tell me what a trophy is? I know probably the Zimmerman boys have a lot of trophies. What's a trophy? Anybody want to tell me? It's an award for a sport or something you do, right? Well, I tell you what. When you play a sport, you have to follow the rules. Gracie, have you ever played baseball? No. Heather, you've played baseball, haven't you? Softball. Softball? Okay. Well, in softball, when you run the bases, you have to follow the rules. Where do you run first after you hit the ball? Yeah. And then second and then third, right? What happens if you don't follow the rules? You get out. Right. Okay. What about rules around this church? Do we have any rules around the church, especially when we go back to children's church or anything? Gracie, do we have any rules when we go back there? What's some of the rules we have when we go back there? Do we run back there and make a lot of noise? No. no. So we're quiet when we go back there? Yeah. All right. Let's see what God says. Who made those rules? God didn't make them. Neither did I. And I am sure that as at some time, someone has told you there is no running in church. But God didn't make that rule. In fact, the only rule that God gave us through Jesus is that we should love one another. Hmm, that makes sense. To love one another covers a lot. If I love you, do you think I would steal from you? No, I don't think so. Of course not. If I love you, would I play with your toys, Gracie, at your house and then leave them scattered all over your room? No, I wouldn't do that. Well, at church, when we go back there to children's church, do we leave everything just scattered out so Michelle can clean it up for us? Or do we put stuff away? We put it away, don't we? Yeah. And it says, God loves us because he wants to, not because he has to. Okay? So, and that's real easy to remember about rules. And also when Dr. Tim tells us about choices, our choices should be fairly easy to make too. Okay? So if everybody help me do a real quick prayer, and then we'll go back to Children's Church. You're going to go back and see Kelsey this morning? Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. Bow your heads, please. Dear God, thank you for loving us. Help us to love one another, and because we love one another, to do good things for others. Amen. And, of course, we're going to walk back to Children's Church. Our scripture today is taken from uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 12 through 23. And it said, Sin must no longer rule in your mortal body so that you obey the desires of your natural self. 
nor must you surrender any part of yourselves to sin to be used for wicked purposes. Instead, give yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and surrender your whole being to him to be used for righteous purposes. Sin must not be your master, for you do not live under the law, but under God's grace. What then shall we sin? Because we are not under law, but under God's grace, by no means. Surely you know that when you surrender yourself as slaves to obey someone, you are in fact the slaves of the master you obey, either of sin, which results in death, or of obedience, which results in being put right with God. But thanks be to God. For though at one time you were slaves to sin, you have obeyed with all of your heart the truths found in the teaching you received. You were set free from sin and became the slaves of righteousness. I use everyday language because of the weakness of your natural selves. At one time you surrendered yourself entirely as slaves to impurity and wickedness for wicked purposes. In the same way, you must not surrender yourselves entirely as slaves of righteousness for holy purposes. When you were the slaves of sin, you were free from righteousness. What did you gain from doing the things that you are now ashamed of? The result of those things is death. But now you have been set free from sin and are the slaves of God. Your gain is a life fully dedicated to him and the result is eternal life. For sin pays its wages, death, but God's free gift is eternal life in the union with Christ Jesus, our Lord. Will you pray with me? Our Holy Lord, we thank you at this time that we are able to praise you. Lord, as we begin this service and we read these words from the Holy Book, Lord, we ask that everyone here take these to heart. Lord, we're thankful for this church. We're thankful for our pastor. Lord, give him strength and give him the words to say today, Lord. All these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Let us pray. 
Most wonderful and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity this morning to come and worship you. Lord, help us in the days ahead to love unconditionally, to show grace extravagantly, and always be kind. As we give of our lives, your tithes, and our offerings this morning. Amen.
bright, blessed day, the dark, sacred night. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands. On behalf of the church, it's my honor and privilege to present to Mr. Walker Zinnerman the uh, scholarship. And if Walker would come up this time, I've got to check. Oh, wait a minute. It's got my name on it. <laughs> no. But congratulations. my spirit said 
set free. He is the fairest of fair ones. He is the lily, the rose. Rivers of mercy surround him. Grace, love, and pity he shows. Why do I sing about Jesus? Why is he precious to me? He is my Lord and my Savior. Dying, he set me free. Thank you so much for that, and uh, congratulations, Walker. Graduated Friday night. What do you, what do you plan to do? USI. All right. You got some connections over there or something? <laughs> <laughs> congratulations. We're very proud of you. Um, and, and on this day, when we honor and recognize our new graduates. I always like to tailor my words to something that will be helpful to to them as they begin a new phase of their lives, but also something that can be beneficial to, to all of us as well. So I thought I would begin with a, a quote this morning from one of my very favorite authors of all times. And this author has been one of my favorite authors for ever, for a long, long time. Uh, and no doubt he's probably one of your favorite authors as well. You may recognize his words, or at least the style of his words, which is very unique. His name is Dr. Seuss. Congratulations. Today's your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. Those rhythmic words come to us from the delightful little book called, Oh, the Places You'll Go. He continues by saying, You're on your own, and you know what you know, and you are the one who will decide where you go. What Dr. Seuss is telling us here is that the world is ours, and we are free to choose what kind of life We're going to live. He even provides a warning for us. He says, you'll look up and down streets, look look them over with care. About some, you will say, I don't choose to go there. With your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet, you're too smart to go down a not-so-good street. Well, I wish that were always true, don't you? I wish that were always true. I wish that we only went to those places that our brains tell us is a good place to go. I wish we always made rational choices, but that is not always the case, is it? Philip Parham 
It tells about a minister who asked the person that he was counseling if he had trouble making decisions, and the man answered, well, yes and no. I guess he did have a hard time making decisions. But Parham goes on to say that the word intelligence really comes from two words. Enter, which means between, and legere, which means to choose. So you see, an intelligent person is someone who is able to choose between good and evil. A person who is able to choose between what is true and what is false. A person who is able to choose between love and hatred and gentleness and cruelty and humility and arrogance and life and death. A person who is able to choose between is an intelligent person. In other words, you'll look up and up and down streets, look them over with care about some. You will say, I don't choose to go there. And the fact is, my friends, all of life is about choices. And that's where we want to begin this morning. All of life is about choices. You think about it, that's our existence, isn't it? We are constantly making choices in our lives for the good or for the bad. We are constantly making choices. And some of them are are choices that don't make a whole lot of difference, like what are you going to have for breakfast this morning or, or whatever. But some of them are significant choices, like where we go to college and who we marry and what our vocation will be. But we're always making choices. That's what life is all about. And that's where we want to begin this morning. Philip Wexler notes that human beings are the the only creatures on earth who are not prisoners of their programming, but a master of it. I mean, think about it. Birds are programmed to fly south in the winter. They don't suddenly decide that because the economy is bad, they better stay home this year. Beavers build dams. Fish swim in schools. Only humans decide to build a dam or go back to school. The point is that we have the power to decide. But unfortunately, that doesn't mean that we always make good decisions. Some of you will remember an episode of Seinfeld in which George Costanza is frustrated because every decision he makes turns out to be the wrong decision. You ever felt like that? George is the epitome of this type of a person. Every decision he makes turns out to be the wrong decision. It it turns out going all bad for him. And so Jerry says to him, he's complaining about it, and so Jerry says to him, well, here's your chance, George. Just do the opposite of what you think you ought to do. If every instinct that you have is wrong, then the opposite of what your instinct is must be right. And so George decides to give it a try. Yes, I'll I'll do the opposite, he declares. Well, it turns out that Jerry was right. Whenever George does the opposite of his 
normal reaction, the situation always turns out in his favor. Now, you really have to have a perverse view of the world in order to make such an approach to life uh, work for you, but that's why the comedy of Seinfeld works so well. And yet, many of us will have to confess that we're a lot like George, aren't we? Many of us will have to confess that there, there's something within us that invariably draws us toward making bad decisions. A customer in a bakery was observed examining all of the rich-looking pastries beneath the glass cases there. And so a clerk approached him and said, What would you like? The customer answered, well, I'd like that chocolate-covered cream-filled donut and that jelly-filled donut and that cheese Danish. But then with a sigh, he added, but I'll take the oat bran muffin. (laughs) Why is it that we are drawn to that which is bad for us? Especially when we know that Making a bad decision can sometimes be disastrous. When Pompeii was being excavated, they found a a woman's body that had been preserved by the ashes of Mount Vesuvius as it swept over that city. But the woman's feet were turned toward the city gates, toward safety, but her face was turned backward, looking backward. She was looking back towards something that was just beyond her outstretched hands. And the archaeologists wondered, what was she looking for? What was she reaching for? But as they dug, they found a a bag of pearls. Maybe she dropped the bag of pearls as she ran for her life. Or or maybe someone else had dropped that bag of pearls and she saw the opportunity for, for instant wealth. But one way or another... With her life on the line, she thought that it was worthwhile to stop and to pick up those pearls. And the volcanic ash swept her over her. What a terrible choice. It was a very human thing to do, to, to reach out for that bag of pearls, but it may have cost her her life. My friends, there are many choices that people make that end up costing them their lives or their families or their health or their peace of mind. And here's the thing. Anything that causes you to hurt yourself or to hurt someone else, it's going to be a bad decision. Some of you may know the story of a teenage girl who was out on a date one night and her boyfriend suggested that they go to a party where there was going to be alcohol and drugs and all kinds of illicit activity. But this particularly responsible young woman said, no, I'm not going to do that. And she told her boyfriend that if you're going to do that, you can take me home. And her boyfriend said, what's the matter? Are you afraid your daddy's going to hurt you? And she said, no, I'm afraid I'm going to hurt my daddy. She knew that what her boyfriend was suggesting was a bad idea. It was a bad choice to make. And it, was, and it is always up to us 
to make good choices in order to make our life better. You'll look up and down streets, look them over with care, and about some you will say, I don't choose to go there. Well, the Bible tells us that one reason that we are drawn to those bad choices that we make is because of our sinful nature. In today's lesson from Romans, the Apostle Paul writes, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. But what benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death, he says. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap is holiness and the result is eternal life. In this passage, Paul is contrasting people who are enslaved to sin and those who are servants of God. And we need to understand what he's saying to us here. First thing we need to understand here is that we need to acknowledge that we are all sinners. Every single one of us. We are all sinners. Even the best of us are sinners. W.E. Sangster is generally, generally regarded as one of the ten greatest preachers of the 20th century. But he knew that he was a sinner. In a painfully honest look at his own life, Sangster wrote in his journal that he had many shortcomings in his spiritual life. He confessed that he sometimes was, was irritable and easily put out. He was impatient with his wife and his children. He acknowledged that most of his study had been crudely ambitious and that he wanted degrees more than knowledge, that he wanted praise more than equipment for service. Even in his preaching, he feared that he was more often wondering what people thought of him than what they thought of the Christ that he proclaimed. He said that he had, a, he had long felt in a vague way that something was hindering the effectiveness of his ministry. And he concluded that that something was his failure in living the truly Christian life. It troubled him that the, the young girl who had lived as a maid in his home, home for more than three years had not felt drawn to the Christian faith because of his witness. He said he found slight envies in his heart at the greater success of other young ministers. He felt vaguely jealous when they attracted more attention than he did. You get the idea. W.E. Sangster was one of the greatest Christian leaders of his time. But he knew deep down in his heart that he was not everything that Christ meant for him to be. He was a sinner. Just like you and I are sinners. He made bad choices just like you and I make bad choices. He needed God's help every single day just like you and I need God's help every single day. W.E. Sangster was a sinner, and yet he, made, he still made better choices than probably 99% of the rest of humanity. And that's because he not only knew the grace of God, but he also knew that it is God's power that helps us to choose 
rightly. W.E. Sangster chose to be a servant of God rather than a slave to sin. And that's a choice. A choice like that will determine if your life is going to be a blessing or a burden. Servant of God or a slave to sin. Whereas Dr. Seuss says, you'll look up and down streets, look them over with care. And some you will say, I don't choose to go there. With your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet, you're too smart to go down a not-so-good street. My friends, life consists of making choices. And the Bible tells us that we are drawn to making bad choices because of our sinful nature. But it doesn't have to be that way. That's the good news for today. It does not have to be that way. For you see, we can train ourselves by God's grace. To make good choices every day. Dr. Tommy Barnett tells a revealing story of an encounter that he had with Elvis Presley many years ago. Elvis was in the congregation where Barnett was preaching one day and Elvis seemed to be moved by his sermon and wanted to talk to him afterwards. And as he talked with Pastor Barnett, Elvis revealed that he knew that he needed to repent of his lifestyle and to return to his Christian roots, his Christian faith, the faith that his mama had taught him. But but the allure of show business was so strong that he felt like he had no choice but to just keep going in the direction that he was going. With tears rolling down his cheeks, Elvis asked, What if I renounce show business and find that serving God will not bring me joy? Well, we all know what show business did to that talented young man. Elvis had it all. But he became a poster child uh, and ultimately the victim of bad choices. And you know, as I look back on his life, I wonder if he ever really was happy. Well, choosing Christ invariably helps us to make better choices. That's one reason the Christian faith has stood the test of time. For you see, when people give their lives to Christ, they become better parents. They become better citizens. They live happier and more fulfilled lives. And we all know that that's true. But let me say this. It only happens if you make your faith the most important thing in your life. It only works if you, if you take your faith seriously. And I'm, I'm not being judgmental here, but listen to this. Studies show that people who only have a a casual relationship with God and and don't really take their relationship with God very seriously, studies show that they are as clueless as everybody else about what it takes to have a fulfilling life. They make the same bad choices. They have the same empty lives as the world outside. And it's only when Christ becomes a real presence in our lives that the benefits of faith show themselves. So so you see, the, the choice is put squarely on our shoulders by the Apostle Paul. 
he writes that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The choice could not be plainer than that. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So, congratulations. Today's your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. There it is, my friends. The choice is yours. So my advice to you this day is this. Choose wisely. Choose God. Amen. We're going to sing in the name of the Lord, number 174 in your hymnal. And we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to God's work in your life. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ and make a decision, a good choice today to choose God. And the choice is yours. Nobody else can make it for you. The choice is ultimately yours to make, to choose God and to put God first in your life. To put away the casual relationship with with God that you may have and to make it of utmost importance. If you've never made that choice in your life, do it today. Maybe you're looking for a church to be a part of. We invite to come and I invite you to come and unite with our church. Or, or maybe you've been struggling with some of the choices that you have been making or been trying to, to make. And you need a word of prayer. Then come and we'll pray. If God's dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come. As we sing in the name of the Lord, would you come? pray we have seen your glory in this place today O god the demands of your holiness have shaken us and drawn us to your unfailing love as we leave this place give light to our eyes that we may see your path very clearly 
Put a song on our lips in celebration of your great love and direct our steps that we may make good decisions. The kind of decisions that you would make for us. And that we may walk closely in your ways. Amen. Thank you.